right, Colossians chapter 4, please. Colossians chapter number 4. That song we read, uh, we, we sung a moment ago. Have I done my best for Jesus? That line, he said, I wonder, have I cared enough for others? Or have I let them die alone? I might have helped a wanderer to the Savior. A seed of precious life I might have sown. I wonder how many times we, uh, we let somebody pass by. And we could have made a difference in their life. Um, I have a very unique privilege uh, as, a, as a pastor to work at the funeral home part-time. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, it really keeps me uh, sober-minded, I think you'd say. I, uh, I preached a funeral yesterday for a lady 45 years old. That's my age. Uh, you know, then I, later on, we went and uh, picked up a lady, 99 years old. And then shortly thereafter that, I picked up a man who was 36 years old. And then this morning, picked up a lady, 94 years old. It goes back and forth. And, and uh, um, from, from, from so young to so old, from children uh, to teenagers and middle age, there, there is no standard. Uh, I wonder how many we could have lifted and we did not. Um, I want you to, boy, the, the Bible is an amazing book. I want you to listen this morning. Um, I hope it'll help you. Let's all stand together here. We're going to read one verse is all together this morning. I'm going to quote a few verses later, but I'm just going to read one verse as a kind of a springboard here for the sermon. And uh, I, I really, boy, I, I wish we could, I don't know, sometimes I wish I could just unscrew the top of your head and dump it in there and screw the lid back on and say we're good. Uh, boy, if we could just get Christians to be passionate about the Lord. Uh, it's absolutely life-changing. And so uh, Colossians chapter 4, look at verse number 12. And we're going to read uh, that one, just that one verse. I want us all to read that verse aloud together. And I'm going to preach really today uh, about the last six words and focusing more on the last four words of the verse. But uh, Colossians 4, verse 12, let's read it together. Ready? Epiphas, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Really, it's that one word, all. That ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. I want to preach to you today on this title, The Unique Will of God, and I hope, I hope you'll listen. I hope you'll give me a good hearing today. Uh, this whole sermon stems from a... Uh, a comment that my father-in-law made to me uh, a few months ago. He just in passing, just was talking, just made a statement. And that statement hit my heart and I, and uh, it hasn't left me since then. And I wrote it down and I little by little been, been playing with it and thinking of it and, and, and studying it and learning it and, and realizing how true it really is. And so I want to preach to you on the unique will of God this morning. So I hope you'll listen carefully. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you please bless uh, this morning, I know there's many gone fishing and many are are out of town and and we are significantly lower than normal tonight or today. Um, however, those that are here, uh, we come with an open heart and I beg you, Lord, please use me. Use me to reach each one. Use me, Lord, to be able to help uh, instill a truth in the heart of each one of us that we'll leave this place uh, with a with a major change in our life. It's just vital that every time we gather, your spirit moves amongst us. And so we commit it to you and asking you for that this morning. As we look at this matter of the will of God, I pray that you give me the, the right words and the right wisdom to, to rightly divide the word of truth, to make sure I'm preaching the right thing and, uh, and not adding to it, not taking away, not putting in opinion or thought, but, but rather the truth. My Lord, I pray that you'd use it in Jesus' name. Amen. Once my soul was astray from the heavenly way, I was wretched and vile as could be. But my Savior in love gave me peace from above when he reached down his hand for me. When he 
reached down his hand for me when he reached way down for me I was lost and undone without God or his son when he reached down his hand for me I was near to despair when he came to me there and he showed me that I could be free then he lifted my feet gave me gladness complete when he reached down his hand for me when he reached down his hand for me when he reached way down for me I was lost and undone without God or his son when he reached down his hand for me I was lost and undone without God or his son when he reached down his hands for me. Oh, I love that. I love that song. I love that singer. And uh, when they put them two together, boy, they do a great job. All right. Father, I pray that you would please uh, bless this morning. If there's ever a time we need to hear from heaven, it will be and it is today. Help us put everything else aside emotionally and in our mind and our thoughts and be focused here this morning with an open heart to you and to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I so often wish as a pastor, everybody, you have to understand that in a church at any given time, you only have about half the people present. Uh, you know, maybe a little more, but there's always somebody's gone and some, you know, there's always people uh, gone or doing things or what have you. And, and then there's days like today, we, I mean, literally we have, we have as many in the audience working today as we had went, this morning as we had on Wednesday night. Uh, we were that much significantly lower. We had seven Wednesday night. And so, um, but I'm, I'm kidding. And, uh, uh, but anyways, uh, I, I, those of you that are here, I hope you'll listen this morning. I really do. I, I think it'll help you if you'll listen. So many Christians today, we are searching for the will of God. It's almost a spooky thing that people say, you know, oh, I'm looking for the will of God, you know, and, and uh, that seems to be a, a, a very common uh, uh, wording that we use all the time, looking for the will of God, waiting for the will of God, searching for the will of God. And uh, I think we get so wrapped up in the will of God and trying to find the will of God that we completely miss the will of God. 90% of the will of God, get this now, 90% of the will of God is the same for everybody. 90% of the will of God is the same for everybody. It is. Uh, most every time we see the will of God or God's will or some wording along those lines mentioned in the Bible, he's referring to that will of God that is for every single one of us. I delight to do thy will, O oh my God, thy law is within my heart. For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same as my brother. Not with uh, eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. Uh, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. See, God's will is the same for all of us, about 90% of it. Most of the will of God is absolutely 100% the same for each and every one of us. And yet so many of us were searching for the will of God when most of the will of God has already been laid out here for us. The will of God is, we don't have to look for the will of God. The will of God is there. Let me tell you, uh, you're looking for the will of God. I'm going to tell you today, if you went to school and you walked away with a 90%, you'd say, well, that's not too bad. I got a 90%. 
You know, it's an A. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you how you can get an A in God's book, okay? You can get at least a 90% if you just do the will of God that, he's, that, that he teaches in the book. The will of God that's the same for everybody. If we'll all do that will of God, at least you'll get a 90%. You'll at least do okay. You'll pass with pretty good with pretty good marks, I think. See, God's will is the the same for all of us in, in many areas. Let me give you an example. It is God's will for everybody in this room to stay morally pure. There's no question about that. It's not it's not God's will for me. It's not just God's will for, for, for a couple of you. God doesn't go through and say, well, my will is for you to be morally pure, but not you. And But it is for you and not necessarily you. And maybe you, but not really you. No, it is God's will for everybody in this room. I don't care who you are. It is God's will that you and I, we stay morally pure. We keep ourselves. He said, in this abstain from fornication. This is the will of God. That's for everybody. That's for everybody. It is God's will for us all to stay morally pure. It is God's will. That's why I say, boy, listen, we have, as the Sunday school lesson today was, was, uh, was great. The, the Moabites brought in their women to seduce God's people and cause them to fall. 24,000 people lost their lives as a result of that. Why? Because they were not morally pure. Listen, God expects us to stay morally and sexually right and morally and sexually pure. It's an important thing. And that's God's will for everybody. So that's why we say, hey, listen, stay away from the, the, the porn sites. Stay away from the strip clubs. Stay away from uh, 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 activities that will cause you one day to, hey, girls, listen, they'll cause you to have that, that morals to slip one day. And, uh, that's why you don't sneak off with your boyfriend or girlfriend. That's why you don't ride alone in a car with them. That's why we don't, uh, uh, we, we don't uh, get, get texting and, and calling casually with somebody of the opposite sex. Why? We want to stay morally pure. By the way, in this realm of homosexuality we have today, we need to be morally morally pure there it's a big fad going on it's a popular thing to do these days let's all let's all be homosexual let me tell you something homosexuality is an abomination in the eyes of God it's wicked it's ungodly as is a lot of other things but I'm saying God expects every person in this room to be morally pure hey that's the will of God concerning you God expects every one of us it is God's will for us to be honest everybody it's not just for me or just for you. It's for everybody in this room. It is God's will for you to be an honest individual. That is God's will. And so, uh, you're not sure. What's God's will? I'll tell you God's will. Be honest. So I'm not sure what God's will is. I'll tell you God's will. When you go to the grocery store and they forget to bring something up and that they put in your cart, be honest. That's God's will. Well, I'm not sure what God's will is. I saw a lady drop a $20 bill in the store. And she didn't notice it, so I quickly got down and got it before she noticed it. That's not honest. Be honest. Hey, when the cop pulls you over and said, do you know why I pulled you over? And you know why he pulled you over. And you say, I don't know. Or he says, well, do you know how fast you're going? And you say, I think 65. Be honest. Listen, we lack when the preacher calls you up and says, hey, where were you Sunday? Be honest. Hey, it, it is God's will that we all, and for everybody, that is God's will. We all be on. See, God's will is not that hard. Uh, 90% of it is the same for everybody. It is God's will for us all to be content. To be content. Uh, uh, this morning, uh, uh, a nice red pickup truck pull, uh, or a white pickup truck. I said, man, uh, oh, that's Maria Apollonia's nice pickup truck. Man, that's nice. And then here comes a nice red pickup truck. I was like, man, who's, oh, yeah, that's Will. Uh, 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 Will's pickup truck. And pretty soon, a nice big blue one. Because, oh, that's Esteban's nice pickup truck. And I said, hmm, about time for the, you know, for the preacher to get him a nice pickup truck, you know. And uh, uh, I got an old, uh, old Dodge, but it's paid off. Hallelujah, your thing. And, uh, but, uh, of course, I have to push it everywhere I go. But, you know, and, you know uh, wait a minute. God's will is for me to be content. Be content with such things as you have. Uh, uh, that, that, is our, uh, that is my God's will for me and it's God's will for you. In every area, we are to be content. We're not to go by and lusting after other things that other people have. God said to be content. That is God's will for everybody. Hey, it's, you know, it's God's will for everybody in this room to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Can't get around that. That is God's will. It is God's will for our light to so shine, for us to be a salt in the earth. It is our, go, go ye to all the world and be ye a witness unto me. We are supposed to, that's for everybody. That's everybody. So I don't know what ministry I should be involved in. I know what ministry you should be involved in. It's the soul winning ministry. 
That's the ministry you're supposed to be involved in. I don't know, should I join the bus ministry? Should I maybe start a jail ministry? Well, the preacher mentioned about teen soul winning. And, and uh, well, we're talking about this. Well, well, I don't know what ministry to go. Lord, which one do you want me to go in? He's I done told you which one to go into. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is the ministry. That is for everybody. Everybody is supposed to be a soul winner. Amen, somebody. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Uh, it is God's will for everybody in this room to walk with God. That's God's will. It does not matter. It's not, my, it's not my job, God's will, for me to spend time with the Lord and not for you. No, he created you to spend time with you. He designed you and made you that he might spend time with you. That is God's will. If you don't pray and you don't spend time with God, listen, you're out of God's will. If you don't get in his book and let him speak to you, you are out of God's will. And, I'll, and, I, and I don't care what you Who are you to say I'm not right with God? I'm not. God said you're not right with him. I'm just reading you the passage. That's all I'm doing. Hey, it is God's will for you to be faithful. How many times did he command us in this book to be faithful? That is God's will for everybody. Uh, uh, that he may find us faithful. Uh, everything we do, we are to be faithful. Faithful at it. A faithful man who can find. Over and over, God said, be a faithful person. Whatever you do. Hey, that means be faithful in church. That means be faithful to your ministry. That means be faithful to your word. That means be faithful to your convictions. That means be faithful to your God. That means be faithful to your spouse. I'm saying be faithful in every area. That is God's will for us to be faithful. Do you know it's God's will for you to forgive <laughs> that's God's will for everybody. Amen. Your situation is not unique. Well, I, everybody else has to forgive, but I don't because you don't know what they did to me. No, but you don't know what somebody else did to somebody else. God's will, if, 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 listen, if Jesus could forgive us after all we did to him and hung him on that cross on Calvary and he could look down and say, Father, forgive them, the least we could do is forgive somebody that didn't answer your phone call. You know, forgive somebody who, somebody who, who they, they, uh, they, they said something on Facebook about you. Boy, I like the uh, Facebook. You know, uh, all that internet stuff, that causes so much problems. Just, just, get, just get, a, get a real life and do away with that internet junk. That stuff, all that social media is garbage. But anyway, that's another sermon. I got a sermon I'm working on, the sin that causes us to sin. Uh, and, and I'm going to preach that here in the near future. But uh, we're to forgive. That's God's will. That's God's will. Somebody steals from you, you're to forgive them. If somebody hurts you, you're to forgive them. If somebody is mean to you, you're to forgive them. If somebody bashes you, you're to forgive them. That is God's will. Hey, it is God's will to get baptized. If you're saved, read the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, everybody that got saved, immediately they got baptized. That's God's will. It is God's will for you to, if you to get saved, the next step is given. By the way, let me say this first. It's first God's will that you get saved. Right. Amen. If you're not saved, he is willing that none perish, but all come to repentance. God's will for everybody in this world. I'm looking for God's will. Well, number one, get saved. Number two, get baptized. That's the will of God. It's God's will that you be in church. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. God said, that's my will. That's my will for you to be there. It is there. So the will of God is really not that difficult. It's there. It's pretty much the same for all of us. That's God's will. But that's 90% of it. The other 10% is what I call that unique will of God. That last little sliver, that 10%, is unique only to you and nobody else. Um, there, there are many things most of the things in God's will is for me and for you most of the things God expects all to be faithful we're all to be honest we're all to be loyal we're all to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and thy mind and thy soul and thy strength we're all to do uh, the, the, the tithe we're all to get baptized we're all to get saved we're all to uh, uh, live for the Lord we're all to be content we're all to not commit adultery we're all to have no other gods those are the will of God for everybody but there's that little sliver that's unique to you and that's your unique will of God. It's God's will for me and nobody else. That's my will of God. That's God's will for me. Now, now don't confuse it. I can't sit there and say, well, is it God's will for you to be a soul winner? Not for me. Well, it was God's will for you to tithe, but not for me. Well, God didn't speak to my heart yet about drinking. That was for you, not for No, 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 no. Those things are, that's for everybody. That's the will of God for everybody. Those are the same across the board. That's for everybody. But there's some things that are unique just to you. For example, it is God's will for me to marry Gloria. 
That's, but that's unique. That's not God's will maybe for, you know, anybody else. That's unique for me. That's my will of God. It's, it's for me. Uh, every, it, it, now, now listen, it, uh, get this. It is the will of God for everybody to marry in Christ. It's the will of God for everybody to, to, to marry a believer. It is the will of God for everybody to stay pure. And uh, people say, well, I, I stay pure till you get married. No, no, no. You stay pure, and when you get married, you're still pure. Because in, 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 in marriage, it's undefiled. It's not impure. You stay pure. It's God, that's God's will for everybody. It's God's will for everybody to stay faithful to your spouse. That is the will of God for all of us, but this is my unique will of God. That's for me only. Okay. Um, my will of God is a unique will of God for me to pastor a Royal Baptist church. That's the unique will of God. That's that little sliver. God put that in as my will of God for me. Now, that's not, that's not anybody else's will till I kick the bucket one day. And somebody else may have that will, but that's my will of God is to pastor this church. That's my unique will of God. Hold on. It's everybody's will of God to be faithful. It's everybody's will of God in the church not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together. It's everybody's will of God to serve the only true God. It's everybody's will of God to, 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 to use the King James Bible for the inspired word of God for the English-speaking people. It is God, it's, a, it's for everybody's will of God for us to be faithful to our ministry. It's for everybody's will of God to spread the gospel. However, that's for everybody here. That's 90% of it. But there's a little sliver my unique will of God is for me to be the pastor of this group. So, so most of the will of God is for everybody, but there's a small will of God that's just for you. Um, okay. Um, so uh, John, John 4.34 says this, Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. See, Jesus had a unique will of God. That was to die for our sins. That wasn't for anybody else. Well, wait a minute. He still fulfilled the will of God that was for everybody. He came down and he was pure. And he was right. And he did obey the Bible. And he did love his heavenly father. And he did pray. And he did sacrifice. And he, he lived that. He did the will of God that everybody does. And then God came down and said, but Jesus, I got a unique will for you. Your will, that little 10%, this little sliver is for you to go to Calvary and die for everybody's sins. That's your unique will of God. That's just for you. There are a few things that's God's will that is unique only specifically to you. Uh, 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 by the way, if you'll get busy doing the 90%, that's the will of God for everybody, it makes the 10% a lot clearer. Get busy. Uh, I don't know what God's will is for in life. Well, don't worry about it. Just get busy doing what you know is God's will for your life. Don't, don't worry about obeying the laws that you don't know exist. Remember the first time I went dip net a few years ago, and I'm pulling fish in, throwing them in a, a cooler, you know, and I look around, I saw these people's scissors cutting the, cutting the tail off. I said, what are they doing that for? A bunch of weirdos. And, uh, you know, I just kept pulling my fish in, you know. Then I went and read the regulations. You're supposed to clip the fins. So, oh, that's why they did it. You know, listen, there's plenty of rules and laws and regulations that you don't know about. Don't worry about those right now. Just why don't you get busy doing what you know to be right? I knew I had to get a fishing license, so I should do that. I knew what I'm supposed to be doing. Let's do what I'm supposed to do. And you get busy instead of looking for something you don't know that's out there. Why don't you get busy doing what you know you're supposed to be doing and you're not doing Get busy doing that 90%. And then that will open things up, make it clear in the word of God of what you're to do with the unique will of God for your life. What is those unique will of God? Okay, who are you supposed to marry? Amen. Now that's a unique will of God, of God. That's a unique thing. I was talking to the teenagers today about that in Sunday school. Uh, you make sure you're, you're, you're staying pure and doing things right so God can lead you to that right person for you, that unique will of God. Here's what happens. You start messing around sexually with other people, and next thing you know, you're sleeping with somebody else's husband or somebody else's wife. You know, if, 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 you, if, you saw, if you saw me at the grocery store, and I'm walking through the grocery store, and I'm, I'm holding, uh, uh, I don't know, Miss Lily's hand, You'd say, hold on, preacher, that's not right. That's not your wife. 
Or if you saw me at the, at the, uh, at the grocery store and I, I kissed Lahilda, you'd say, Pre, I, I'm getting sick, excuse me. And, uh, I'm just kidding. And, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, you'd say, hold on, preacher, that's not right. But wait a minute, you're kissing somebody that you're not married to. And you're kissing somebody that's got to be married to somebody else someday. It's just as wrong. Hey, I'm trying to, I, I, I'm trying to say, get the unique will of God. It's your job to find out who you're supposed to marry someday. That's the unique will of God for your life. That is the, something that's only for you to figure out. 90% of the will of God is the same for everybody. That 10% is unique to you. Um, okay, Where are you gonna, what are you going to do with your life? Your profession. That's unique to you. That's unique to you. Hey, uh, uh, Nate Wilkerson's going to be here Wednesday night. God called him to West Africa. God didn't call me to West Africa. Amen. It's so hot here. How would I make it in West Africa? And uh, uh, I, I, God didn't call me to West Africa. That's unique to him. Anchorage, Alaska is unique to me. So where does God want you to serve one day? Where does he want you to serve one day? Uh, that's going to be unique to you. Where you serve the Lord someday is going to be unique to you. What, does God want you to be a missionary? Does God want you to be a, a pastor? Does God want you to be an evangelist? Does God want you to be a good godly layman in a church? Does God want you to take on one of these ministries that we were talking about? Does God, what, what is it that God has unique just for you? He says, listen, it was, it, God didn't call me to be the bus mechanic. <laughs> Otherwise, we just have a pile of ashes in the parking lot. I just light it on fire and be done with it. And uh, uh, God didn't call me to that. But wait a minute. God didn't, some of you would say, well, God didn't call me to preach because if I were to preach, I'd be a train wreck too. And uh, uh, like, like when Brother Allen preaches. And, uh, and uh, uh, Just kidding. And uh, poor Brother Allen, I'm picking on you today. You and Hilda. And, uh, but I'm trying to say is that that's, what is that unique thing that God says, now this is just for you. Now, everybody's supposed to be pure. Everybody's to be honest. Everybody's to be content. Everybody's to obey the Bible. Everybody's to walk with God. Everybody's to be faithful. Everybody's not to forsake the assembly of themselves together. Everybody is to, uh, is to be loyal. These are things that we're all supposed to do. And God said, this is the will of God for everybody. In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God for who? You. All of you. Hey, uh, it's the will of God that you want for, uh, leave fornication behind. This is the will of God for all of you. But then there's some things he didn't come in there and say, everybody join the bus ministry. Why? Because that might be unique to you. That might be your unique will of God. However, I do believe he tells everybody to get involved. Amen. Everybody do something. Everybody, whether you were given five talents or you were given one talent, invest that talent and reproduce that talent in the things of God. It's for all of us to get busy. We may, he says some of you may be an arm and some of you may be a leg and some of you may be a neck and some of you may be a, a head and some of you may be nothing more than a fingernail, but you all got a job to do. Everybody do something. That's the will of God for everybody. But what is your something that's unique to you? Okay, um, the, the, uh, uh, the house you buy, that's unique to you. So you go out there and say, okay, Lord, I, I'm looking at buying a house. What house do you want me to buy? What house is for me? What is for my family? What's going to work best in the job that you have for me, the church you have for me, the ministry you have for me? What's coming in my future I know nothing about? The type of kids in the neighborhood that will influence my kids, the neighbors that will influence me. I mean, hey, do you ever think about this? You go out to buy a house and you get busy looking at buying a house and you want a certain house. And it could be that God said, that's not my will for you. It might be an okay will for, for, for Brother Melvin to buy that house, or it might be an okay will for, for Lad Morgan to buy that house, but not for you because the next door neighbor is a promiscuous woman and she's going to try to take you down. And you don't know that. So you get discouraged because oh, I didn't get what I wanted. God. No, no, no. God just saved your life. So you got to go and say, what's the unique will of God for me? I know I'm supposed to be in church. I know I'm supposed to be faithful. I know I'm supposed to love the Lord thy God with all my heart. I know these. that's the will of God for everybody. But i got to find a house. Lord, that's unique to me. We're not all buying the same house. Or i got to find a spouse. God, that's unique to me. Or I'm, what ministry, God? That's unique to me. That's my, my unique will of God. Now listen carefully. Here's the sermon. My job, okay, my job, ready? My job is to preach to you the common will of God. That's my job. My job is to preach to you what is the God's will for everybody. That's my job. 
That's why I stay up here and say, hey, I can stand up here and preach, bless God, be honest. Why? That's the will of God for everybody. And that's my job to tell everybody to do what everybody's supposed to do. And so I can stand up here and preach, bless God, have integrity and be honest and, and tell the truth and do the right thing. Why? That's the will of God for everybody in this room. Nobody can walk away and say, well, I guess he's preaching to somebody else. No, he wasn't. He's preaching to everybody in this room, including himself. Because that's the will of God for everybody. And so my job is to preach to you those types of things. By the way, don't get mad at me for doing my job. Amen. <laughs> don't get mad at me for doing my job. That is my job. I'm supposed to preach to you the common will of God. So what do I do? I stand up and say, okay, listen. The Bible says. The Bible says. Bible says, forsake not the assembling yourselves together. So I'm going to preach an entire sermon today on being church. Don't get mad at me. I'm preaching to you the will of God. See, I, 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 my job is to preach to you to be faithful. Why? Because God told us to be faithful. And, and, and everything we do, we're to be faithful at it. And he said, What's, uh, my job is to preach to you. We all work hard. Why? Whatsoever thy hand find it, do it with thy might, God said. It's my job to find those unique, uh, those, uh, those common wills of God, and it's my job to preach those things to you. So don't get mad at me when I stand up here and preach on you being morally pure. Don't get mad at me just because you're not morally pure. That's the difference between this church and a lot of other churches, is we're going to, we, we, I don't care if, if it makes you mad or not. I don't care if it, I don't care how you, let's say, you can either like it or lump it. Lump it with sugar or salt or mustard or mayonnaise, whatever you want to lump it with. It doesn't matter. But the, the point is, if God said it, we're supposed to preach it. If you don't like it, that's not my fault. That's your fault. Why do you get right with God and like it instead of going to a church and don't preach it? That makes no sense. That's ludicrous. That's like going to the doctor. The doctor saying, yeah, you have, a, you, 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 you have cancer. And you say, oh, man, I don't like you. I'm going to another doctor. So you go to the other doctor and the doctor says, I don't worry about it. You don't have cancer. You're fine. And then you go home and die. What's wrong with you? Uh, no, thank, listen, don't get mad at the preacher when he says, hey, let me tell you the will of God. Thou shalt not steal. That's the will of God. Hey, it's the will of God for everybody here to tithe. Don't get mad at the preacher when he preaches. Oh, all he does is preach on money. No, he preaches on money once about every three or four weeks. He'll mention it. The problem is you just don't do it, so you think that's all he talks about. That's all I talk about. Always, always. And you think, you thought the whole sermon was about tithing. Somebody else thought the whole sermon was about drinking. Somebody else thought the whole sermon was about pornography. Somebody else thought the whole sermon was about being faithful. Somebody else. Why? It's all about where you are in life right now. So don't get mad at me for doing my job when I stand up here and say, listen, this is what God said to do. And I preach to you the word of God. Don't get mad at me. You walk away and say, thank you, preacher. I needed that. Thank you for guiding me and instructing me in the paths of righteousness. Because that's what we're supposed to be doing. If you don't want to walk in the paths of righteousness and you don't want to walk in God's will, stay home and watch zombies. Stay home and play Fortnite. You know? Go smoke dope. Get drunk. Do whatever you want to do. I don't care. Uh, that, but, but if you're coming here, expect to say, I'm going here to find out another thing in the will of God for my life. So my job is to preach to you that common will of, of God. So it's my job to stand up and say, hey, listen, I know for a fact it's God's will that everybody in this room not look, look at pornography, including women. Funny how men get, the, men, men, men get hit hard with all this. They say that there's just as many female porn addicts are there, as there are male porn addicts. Just as many. So, so don't get mad at me. I say, bless God. I know for a fact it's not God's will for any. Well, it's okay for me because of my situation. It's not okay for you. It's not okay for anybody. That's not why. Because my Bible says, thou shalt not lust. And I, I guarantee you one thing. You can't look at porn and not lust. Ain't going to happen. So I can stand up and preach. That is the will of God, and I know it. I know the will of God for some of you. I know, I know it's God's will for you not to drink alcohol. I know that for a fact. Why? My Bible says so. It says right there, don't even look at it. He said, don't seek it. He said, don't touch it. Stay away from it. When Jesus turned water into wine, the next verse said it was fresh wine. He made sure we knew this was non-alcoholic. Hey, I can stand and preach the will of God. That's my job to do. And by the way, you ought to hope and thank God you have a pastor that does preach the will of God. 
And, I, and obviously, you should not come to church to hear a rock concert and somebody in a glass pulpit stand off the corner and say a few kind words and send you on your way while you walk out in your booty shorts and your spandex and holding hands with somebody you're not married to and going home and living in adultery while drinking a bunch of, a bunch of whiskey and watching a bunch of garbage on TV. Hey, listen, thank God you got somebody to say, hey, that's not right. And let me tell you something. We're going to stand before God one day, and I don't think God's going to condone any of that garbage. God's going to stand up someday and say, give an account of what you did. He tells us that. He tells us. He, he took the man that was in charge of the, the, the keeper's books and he brought them in and said, give an account what you did. He brought in the people with their talents. He said, give an account of what you did. He brought in the man that had the fig tree and the fig tree not growing figs. He said, give an account of that fig tree. Why is it not growing figs? But listen, he's a hard taskmaster. He's a hard taskmaster. Don't think for a moment you're going you're gonna to show up before the throne the way you show up to church and it's going to be okay. Boy, listen, we stand before God one day. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a dreadful day. It's funny. The Lord does not wipe away all tears from their eyes until after that. <laughs> that tells me we're going to be some tears shed. There's going to be a lot of regret one day. So thank God you have a preacher that says, this is the will of God. Let's all get on board. Hey, my Bible says, in everything, give thanks. We're going to be grateful people. That's the will of God. Now, my job is to preach that common will of God. Your job. Your job is to find the unique will of God. That's your job. Your job is to find the unique will of God for your life that is only for you. See, it's not my job to stand and say, bless God, I'll tell you today, get your Bibles open. The Bible says the, uh, the, for, for, for uh, a man to marry a woman, so you, you're going to marry her, and you, you're going to marry him. And That's not my job. That's God's job. That's your job to find out who you're supposed to marry. Now, I think I can stand up and say, you should not marry him because he's not saved. Or you should not marry that person. There's nothing wrong with, 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 with the, the common will of God, but it's not my job. I don't stand up and say, okay, bless God, you, you're to buy that house, and you're to buy that house. I'm not the Pope, just the preacher. You know, my job is to preach the common will of God for everybody. Your job is to find the unique will of God. Who are you going to marry? Where are you going to work? Where, uh, 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 what ministry are you going to be in? Where are you going to live? The unique will of God. So let me give you a few, uh, a few suggestions here regarding finding that unique will of God for your life. All right? Number one. Number one. Stay within the 90% will of God. Do what you already know. If you want to find the unique will of God, then be doing the common will of God. So you do what you already know. So I'm not sure who I'm supposed to marry. Oh, but I do know I'm supposed to go soul winning, so I'm going to do that. I don't know a house I'm supposed to buy, but I do know I'm supposed to be in church, so I'm going to do that. I don't know maybe what, uh, what business I should be in, but I do know I'm supposed to be honest, so I'll, I'll do that. So do what you know to be right. Do the common will of God that you don't have to worry about because it is common for everybody across the board, laid out plainly in Scripture, the laws of God, the testimonies of God, the judgments of God, the statutes of God, the precepts of God. He laid them all out and said, this is for everybody. So you do, first of all, what's common for everybody to do. You do what you know to be right. Number two, keep sin out of your life. If you want to find that unique will of God, that little sliver that's unique to you, you better keep sin out of your life because sin will cloud your mind and it will cloud your heart and it will cloud the spirit of God speaking to you. Uh, keep sin out of your life. You want, you want to say, God, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know that unique will of God. What, what do you have specifically just for me? I, I need to find that. So, Lord, I'm going to make sure I'm keeping myself clean. I'm going to keep myself pure. I'm going to make sure I think spiritually right. I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not having sin in my life. I don't live in iniquity. I don't have any habitual sins that have invaded my life. When I do something wrong and I fail, I immediately repent and get my heart right with you because you told it. In the book of Psalms, he that will confess his sin and forsake it shall find mercy. And so, Lord, as soon as I, you hit my heart and I realize I messed up, I confess it and I forsake it. And, Lord, I know, I know sometimes I stumble, but I'm doing my very best. I keep sin out of my life. And every once in a while, a TV program will slip in my life, but then I, I notice it and I push it out. And every once in a while, a friend will come in my life and I realize they're not, they're not a, a godly people. I'm supposed to walk with wise men if I'm going to be wise. And so I, I push them out of my life. And, God, I'm trying to do 
right and keep sin out of my life, that makes it a lot easier to find the unique will of God. Next of all, number three, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now, it's easier to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when you keep sin out of your life. When you keep the sin out of your life and you're pure, the Spirit of God flows easier. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a conduit. Uh, it flows easy when it's not clogged up. Your blood flows better without cholesterol. Pipes flow better without hairballs inside of them. And, and the Spirit of God flows better without sin inside of it. So let the Spirit, be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Learn, listen, God said that he was an earthquake, but he wasn't an earthquake. There was a fire, but he wasn't in the fire. There was a great wind, but he wasn't in the wind. What was he in? Still small voice. Because that's how the Lord talks to us. He doesn't shove us. He nudges us. He taps us. He gently leads us along. As a nurse would cherish her child, he gently leads us along. Listen, uh, the David said this, thy gentleness hath made me great. So learn to be sensitive to the Spirit of God, that, that small wooing of the Spirit of God. I've learned over the years, there's times, see, y'all criticize the preacher because, well, he shouldn't have said that. Listen, you get up three hours, uh, three times a week and, and talk, to, talk to a bunch of people uh, nonstop for three hours every week in front of a whole mixed audience and see if you don't say things you shouldn't say once in a while. Uh, uh, man, it's going to happen, you know, and uh, be merciful once in a while. But, boy, sometimes I'm getting around preaching. I think of an illustration. I think of something I say, and, I'm, I, I, and boy, I think it's going to be funny, or I think it's going to be good. And, I, and then there's that little tiny thing inside of me that says, maybe you shouldn't say that. Now, at that moment, I always have to make a split-second decision. And by the way, that still, that still small voice, I, I want you, I, I'm going to help you this one. That still small voice doesn't sound like this. <clears throat> so that, it's a, that still small voice doesn't go. <clears throat> That's not the still small voice. Anyway, uh, there's that split second where something inside of me says, maybe you shouldn't say that. Every time I'm like, Nah, it'll be okay. It turns out so bad. Every time it turns out so bad. Man, I, oh, I should have said that. Why didn't I listen to that voice? The Spirit of God told me, don't say that. Listen, learn to be sensitive to that Holy Spirit because the Lord will come by and quietly nudge you and say, hey, hey, maybe you shouldn't go with that person today. Hey, maybe you shouldn't. That's not a good activity. Or hey, that's not a good person to be friends with. Or that text, hey, uh, I don't know if anybody else has, has gotten them, but I think three times now, I just get a text, random text from some girl. And it says something like this. Um, uh, oh, 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 hey, baby, I'm in town. And uh, 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 it says something like, hey, hey baby, uh, this, is, this is Jen. I met you the other day. I'm in town. Want to hook up? Has anybody ever gotten those before? She's not going to make me the weirdo. At one time, I got one. The first one, I, got, I, got, I think I got three times now in the last several years. Well, I got one, I said, uh, wrong number. And then she goes, oh, I'm sorry. Well, what about you? How are you doing? Oh, I know where this is going. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got a decision to make. Do I look over my shoulders? Here's, I went to Walmart one morning. This is this one of the times it happens. I went to Walmart, I had my phone. My iPad was at home. The text message came through. Wrong number. I deleted the, deleted the text and blocked the number. I didn't know my wife saw my iPad at home and saw the same text. When I got home, before she said, I, I, uh-oh, come on, Ms. Rob. And uh, before I got home, the first time I says, hey, I deleted a text message because we have a rule. We don't delete text messages. I said, I, I deleted a text message today. Then somebody sent me a message. This is what it said. And she smiled. She said, I saw it on your iPad, and I deleted it for you there. I'm glad that I wasn't like, yeah, baby, I'm free for the next hour. Where are you at? What's your name? Because somebody else was watching at home. Somebody else is watching you also. That's it. That's right. yeah. 
I'm trying to say, listen, be sensitive to that spirit of God when the spirit of God says, don't respond to that. Don't look at that. Don't touch that. Hey, don't say that. Don't go there. Be sensitive to the Spirit of God. When you go and you're buying a car and you're looking at a car and saying, God, what am I supposed to do? And something inside you said, man, I like that car, but something just doesn't set right with me. Listen to the Spirit of God. Don't buy that car. If you go to look at a house, you say, man, I like that house, but, but I want it. But there's something inside you says, I don't know. That's probably not right for me. Then step away. That's the Spirit of God. So be sensitive to the Spirit of God to find the unique will of God. Number, no, next of all, number four, we got to hurry. Have a close relationship with the Lord. You want to find the unique will of God for your life? That little sliver that's just for you? You better spend time with God. Be close to Him. Know Him. Because when you spend time with God, the Bible says He wants to guide you with His eye. You know what that means? That means He wants, you to, he wants to be able to look at you. And you get the message. We're in Sunday school today. I teach a teen class. I have a two-year-old named Marmar in my Sunday school class. I don't know why I'm looking at you. I don't know why I'm looking at you. And uh, Marmar is the cutest kid on the face of the planet. This kid, I mean, he just, he's just so cute. He calls me teacher. He calls Miss Clark DG. And uh, he said, uh, he said, teacher, he said, teacher's cute. And I agree. He said Matthew was ugly. Uh, this is great. Uh, I, and I had to coach him a little bit in this, but he did it. And, uh, you know, uh, just a, but he wouldn't shut up. I couldn't teach my class. He would not shut up. Finally, I just glared at him. Just glared at him, the meanest face I could get. I was like, oh, Marmar, you be quiet. And that worked for, I mean, at least, what, I don't know, 15 seconds, 20 seconds? And um, Marmar's back at it again. I couldn't guide him to my eye. Finally, I picked him up, took him outside, and set him on the ground outside. Said, "You stay there, don't move." And thank God for uh, uh, my, uh, uh, my my bus driver here. I forgot your name. Oh yeah, brother Rick. And uh, sat out there and babysat for for Sunday school. And uh, uh, now listen, that's not how God wants to do you. God wants to be able to look at you and guide you. So, so have you get that from being close enough to somebody, you know them. Where where the day that ladies had their ladies staying at our house. And uh, my dad was in town, and we were working on different projects and things. And, and, um, and so I had a, a piece of aluminum, an eight-foot piece of aluminum that um, I, I got a, a while back, and I'm going to put it on my barbecue grill eventually and make a, a little table on it. And, uh, but it's kind of been in the way, so I'm always kind of moving around. Well, we were doing something, I moved on, I put it right in front of the stairs. And uh, so, I mean, it was there all day, and, and people always had to go around it or jump over it, you know. And, and then we're sitting, in the, we're sitting in the yard. My dad and I are sitting in the chairs while my wife is working diligently. You know, that's how it's supposed to be. And, um, and so we're sitting there and, and uh, said something about, you know, do you need help or whatever. She goes, can you move that piece of steel? And I didn't move. I said, it's not steel. It's aluminum. And my dad busts up laughing. He goes, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Why? Because we, 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 we spend so much time together. We know each other. We read each other's thoughts. My, my son, Caleb, it, we, we, we got it down. We'll come in. We'll just say something. Immediately, we know we're playing somebody. And we'll lead somebody on some big old story, or, or we'll tell them some extravagant thing. Or we'll, I mean, we'll just, we just play along with it, and, and you would never know because we know each other that well. Do you know God wants you to know him that well? Yes. The Father wants to know the Son so well that you guys are finally in tune with each other. You want to know the unique will of God? You get in tune with your Heavenly Father. You get in tune with Him. It'd be real easy for you to think like Him. When something comes your way, you go, I know that's not it. I know that's not the will of God. And you'll find that unique will of God. Next of all, next of all, stay in the Bible. This is how God speaks to us. He doesn't speak to us through some great revelation. He doesn't give you some audible voice while you're in the shower. He Listen, he speaks to us through his word. You can't find God's will if you're not in God's word. So get in the word of God and thus find the will of God. Stay in the word of God. i got to hurry. Next of all, next of all, live by principle. Live by principle. Uh, that'll help you find the unique will of God for your life. What are those principles? Wow, what would you make? And uh, 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 principles, okay. Uh, don't violate the Take the Bible principles, but don't violate them. So, what, what, okay, the Bible says, forsake not the assembly of thyselves together. Okay, it's a Bible principle. Now we have a job offer. That job offer is going to take us to a city where there's not a good church. 
Maybe more money. It may look good. It may be lucrative. But there's not a church. And God said, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. How am I going to take that job and keep that principle? I can't do it. So what do I do? I live by principle. Because God's not going to lead me to do something that will violate his own word. So I live according to the principles of the Bible. So you meet, you teenage boys, you meet some, some girl, and boy, she, you know, and uh, wow, and she likes you too. That's impressive. Boy, oh boy, a pretty girl, and she likes me, but she's not saved. She's not a godly girl. Now, wait a minute. My, my Bible says don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. So you can automatically live according to that principle and say, according to the Bible, that's not to be done. That's my principle. And though I think she's the right one, and though she looks like the right one, and, and I, I feel like she's the right one, I cannot go. The unique will of God's got to stick within the biblical principles of what's right. Okay? Um, you want to join a church? I'm looking for the unique will of God for my What church do I join? Well, there's hundreds and thousands of churches out there. Which one do I join? Looking for the unique will of God? Well, live according to Bible principles. First of all, you don't join a church that doesn't preach the King James Bible. You've got to have the right word of God. You've got the right foundation if you're going to build the right house on top of it. And so you've got to find the church that has the right Bible principles. I know I'm going a few minutes late today, but this is so good. I hope you'll get it. Find the biblical principle to find the unique will of God. And you can help find it. Last of all, last of all. Seek godly counsel. Seek godly counsel. Uh, you want to find the unique will of God? Then go get counsel. You may think you found that right will of God. You may come and say, preacher, I, I believe this is the guy for me. This is the girl for me. Preacher, what do you think? Get some godly counsel because in my Bible, the, over we thought a couple lessons ago, we, we taught a Sunday school lesson that, that Ahab wanted to invade a land and everybody was saying, go for it. All the false prophets that were paid off by his money were saying, go for it. But he said, I need to find the truth. Is there not a man of God? And so he said, there's another preacher named Micaiah, but nobody likes him. Call him in. Micaiah came in and, and told him the truth. They didn't want to hear. So God works through your preacher. God works through your authority. Uh, uh, you, you guys that are sneaking around and dating somebody behind your preacher's back, you're very foolish. You're very unwise. You're very unwise. You're, you're, you're going and you're trying, you're looking at taking a new job and you do it without getting godly counsel. You're very unwise. If you want the unique will of God for your life, I say, first of all, do what you already know the common will of God is. Next of all, keep yourself free from sin. Next of all, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Next of all, have a close relationship with God. Next of all, stay in the Word and live according to the principles of the Word. And then go find counsel of what you should do. And if you do that, you know what you'll find? You'll find 90% of your life is great because you're doing the will of God that's common for everybody. And then those few things that are unique just to you with the right, like a, like a doctor and a scalpel and great precision, you can go in and find the will of God for your life. Let's bow our heads, please. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that the sermon not only made sense, but it also made a difference. I pray, Lord, that we'll find ourselves First, doing the common will of God that we all know we all should be doing. And then, Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us to diligently search for the unique will of God.